I'm doing fine. I honestly wasn't expecting that, even though you warned me that you were going to have a pretty hype. And I was like, oh, okay. That's what I thought you were going to be like, oh, what's up, guys? But it was, it was, that was a lot. Okay. Yes. This is the first win in CHN radio history 1 0 over Watford in November. (laughs) I love it. I'm so happy. Are you? I'm happy as well. Um, Also, just happy. The curse is over. For the podcast yep. and for myself. Oh man, um, I, I went to a winning game this weekend. All my teams have won, um, so yeah, this is a good weekend for everyone involved. I'd like to thank the academy for everything they've done for me. It's just it was a good weekend. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to thank Rafa for always believing in us. Um, Ioz for hearing our criticisms and putting them to work. Oh, Jamal Lascelles for pissing off our fan base. Yep, thank you, Jamal Lascelles for. Uh, Proving everybody wrong, and yeah, um, I'd like to thank you know the city of Newcastle for their support in in Elijah and I and, and what we've done for this club and this organization. So we're very uh, happy to take the award for best podcast in America, um, and we're going to win the league now. Yeah, that's probably I accurate. Can argue with anything I just said. Yeah, I yeah. thought all of those were fair points. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's going to be, we've had so many somber episodes and like, we're only, this is episode 18. So we're, we're so young and it's in like pretty depressing. The last two were probably the most depressing episodes we've had. Oh yeah. They've been bad. It's just like a, it's a rough week. It's, it's really hard to get up and like, yeah, let's, let's record this podcast when we're just getting battered all the time. So to, to have this feeling, it's glorious. I'm so happy. It's like we did just win the league. Yeah. But we have work to do. <laughs> yeah, All right. There's, so there's plenty of work to be. Done. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about the best match we've had this season. And, uh, but before I want you to follow us at CHN underscore radio, follow our, I guess, what are you, our boss's account, the boss account. You know, just uh, follow both <laughs> of the accounts that I tweet from. <laughs> yeah. At yes. CHN underscore radio at coming home and UFC. And then go to our website, cominghomenewcastle.com, and shoot us over emails at chnradio at gmail. Oh, chnradionufc at gmail.com. There. All right. So we're going to just – we're going to dive right into the Watford review. We're going to do our club news. Um, we're going to do that in the second podcast of the week. That way more things happen and we're able to, to provide you that information. So we have – we have our match. We won, in case you didn't know yet. 
did I do? Do we think we make it obvious, Elijah, that we won? I think it was a little obvious, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so we are very happy because the person we've supported all season, um, we've always said he's one of our best players. Ioc Perez scored the the game winner goal, uh, like we always said he would, right? Yeah, uh, never criticized him. So thanks for coming up for us. But uh, one thing, right before we started to get into it, I wanted to I asked on on our CHN underscore radio account, I said, describe this match in three words. We got, we got some good ones. Um, uh, Stumanji, Eric at Stumanji on Twitter said, what just happened? I think that's great yeah. <laughs> because that's kind of how all of us were thinking. Um, I, I'll just say mine. I said, I am happy, which is also true. Real uh, original there. That one's, that one's really going to yeah. make some headlines. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how I described the match. And Trevor, uh, I guess he was within the, the laws in giving three words, but he just did it about six times. <laughs> so he said, Iozzi's still shite, <laughs> which stick to the brand. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. out, out of relegation. Would love that one. Uh, doubled points total. Anytime you win and double your points total is a good day. Uh, three whole points. So that's some Trevor Mooney, the official questionnaire of the podcast. That's yeah. his. And then uh, one lost muffin. Hopefully he's not lost anymore. And his was, wait, we won? Which was, <laughs> that's probably the best one. I have to say, that's a good one. Yeah, that one actually was the one I was experiencing. Yeah, yep. <laughs> <laughs> that was exactly it. So we're, we're going to start getting into it a bit. We'll start with the starting lineup. And we've now seen three straight matches with pretty much the same lineup. And this is take one player out of it, I think, and it is our strongest lineup. So you're back four kind of, I mean, it's going to be the same pretty much every week. Um, Dubrovka and then Yedlin, LaSalle, Fernandez, and Dummett. And then we had Shelby and Diame, Kennedy, Muto, and Ronda, which is what I said in our preview pod. I said I wanted Muto at the 10, Ronda up top. We need to see it. It's time. And sure enough, that happened. The only thing I got wrong is I said I wanted Key over Diame, which looks like I was correct. But we'll get into that. Uh, Elijah, what's your thoughts on the starting lineup? Were you happy with that? I was shocked that Perez was dropped from, from the starting lineup. Yeah. I but was also wondering. really happy. So, I mean, it was just a win-win for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so that's exactly how it was is a win-win win yeah we'll do three wins <laughs> so i mean other than that i agree with you i mean i've been uh, if you criticize perez i think i've made it a point every single episode to criticize diame i don't yeah. know if it's my brand so that you know per se oh but oh i, I do hate mo diame for a lot of reasons yeah one one being that he has the worst first touch in the history of first. like it's so bad. I think, I think American American fans will know this. Uh, Yazzie Zardes is known for his terrible oh first touch. Yame can probably challenge him for worst first touch in a professional sport. I get that one hundred percent. I think you described it. I, I think your description was probably the best, and said that he has a brick first touch, which I yeah. I think said. I think you said it two podcasts ago, episode. 16 and yeah. i was like you know that's per that's a perfect description for what it is it's like you're a ball hitting a brick that's what it is. And it's and it's bizarre because it's like okay maybe you expect that out of a center back or a 
or a fullback. I mean, like just, but out of a holding midfield, like a guy who's his job is to collect and distribute. It's like, you can't have a terrible first touch, dude. You no. just can't. But anyway, yeah, like you said, uh, this is our strongest lineup. Sands one person. And I think we all know who that is. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, so we, we get into the first half and it was exactly what we expected. Uh, Watford was slicing and dicing our back line. They, if they were clinical at all, they would have been up 2-0. I think we could all pretty much agree that that's the case. Um, Roberto Perea was absolutely like dominating. And uh, Diafalo was like, I mean, he was destroying. I mean, we couldn't cover him. And he had so many opportunities. I think like there's, I, I, I think it was, I was actually talking with Trevor during the match and he was saying like, man, if he, he could have ran around, I think we were saying he could run for 10 years and still not be able to score because he just wasn't on it. Like he missed some great opportunities, like badly missed. So we were lucky. And there were some very good near post saves that Dubrovka was making as always. But the first half you, you got to felt like, man, we're kind of lucky to be tied up here at zero. Um, do you agree? What's, what's your thoughts? I agree. <laughs> just, <laughs> like, it's just, yeah. Yeah. There's uh, not really much more to say. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Perfect. So, so then we had our, our little issue. Um, I was, we were so happy that Perez wasn't starting. And then we started, to, I started actually, I guess I'll tell you what went through my head. I saw Richie limping. And then I saw Perez start to warm up, and I was like, oh, no. They're gonna yeah, put in I Perez. remember that because you put it in the chat that you saw Richie. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Well. Yeah, I saw, and I was like, oh, no. And to be clear, Richie definitely was injured during that game. He was down multiple times in the second half, limping around. I mean, he battled through it. And I was like – and I think somebody said it in the ch- chat too, Elisha, that like if anybody is going to play through this, it's going to be Richie. Like yeah. if anybody on the club could play through an injury, it's him. So I guess it was, it was good, but I did not expect when I saw the numbers go up, it was Perez and then Muto's number. I was like, no, like, no, <laughs> but then it, it does. And Muto went straight to the tunnel and this is like a minute before half. And I was like, man, maybe Muto's hurt. And sure enough, he was. So then I was like, great. We have our whole second half to look forward to with Perez. That's the 10. Which, and that, you know, you lose all hope at that point. For you, the do. you do. You um, do. And then second half came in. We immediately, LaSalle's was subbed off for injury. Uh, and Cher came in for him. And then just a few minutes after that, Shelby got hurt and Key came on. So 50 minutes into the match where you have to f- finish our final 40 without any subs. And, our, and arguably our three most dynamic players out. Right, yeah. <clears throat> so, what are your thought? What's your thought process here? We've now subbed out three players, nil-nil draw. Watford's been cutting us up. What are you thinking? Uh, well, I think initially when you look at this, it it kind of takes you back to the quotes. So we discussed this on that episode sixteen, that same episode where we talked about the brick of Diame's first touch. Um, but Rafa has been mentioned, and the Chronicle's been like freaking blasting the heck out of the story about how Rafa's been asking the French players to step up. And this is the opportunity for some of those guys like Cher and Key to step up. And, I mean, that's what you hope happens is that they step up. But to actually see it happen is really cool. 
So yeah, I guess that's, that's my thought. You know, I, ne- I didn't even think about that. And that's so true. He literally just said that. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, step up. Like, if you want to start, prove it. And, yeah. and they did. And I even am nervous about one of them because I was happy they were benched. <laughs> well, yeah, well, here's the thing. One of them, it, it's like, it's one of those things where the other two stepped up in ways that like, you don't, that don't necessarily show up on the stat sheet, except for the key, like assist, but, um, or the key pass, if you know what I'm saying. Hey. <laughs> um, but it's just unfortunate that one of them scored a goal and still played like shit the rest of the game and still is <laughs> and st- yeah. and still probably going to start. But and anyway. He, he is the hero, and we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So, yeah. so we, had, we had Perez, Cher, and Key uh, came on, and it, was, it wasn't too long after that. It was – I think it was like the 60 – fifth minute I, I don't have it right in front of me of when the goal was but so it was a free kick right outside the box um, looking at the net he was a little to the to the left of the penalty box about 20 yards out and he just floats a free kick and I have to say he hit it perfect but Perez and what we have said positive about Perez and if you've been listening since day one I think we've said this is Perez is very good on these short sprints in the box that's what he excels at and last year when he got his goals, that's what he that's how he got them. And that's what he did here. It's a short sprint from the edge of the penalty box into that ball. And he just gets like it just glances off of his head perfectly in the top of the net. And Ben Foster wasn't gonna save it. And we all freaked out. <laughs> yeah. We all freaked out. And Perez did it. Which was amazing. And then, which is really cool, he puts his fingers in his ears to cut out the noise, which proves elijah that our iosi perez listens to our podcast yeah that's that's got to be the only possible solution yeah um he doesn't check twitter he just looks at the podcast he, yeah. he doesn't even look he looks at the article for the podcast and then listens to it yeah then clicks the embedded yeah. link entirely possible because you know the warren barton podcast kind of blew up and people were listening to that and so maybe he subscribed on uh on on apple Podcasts, which if you haven't already done so you should do that oh and then uh he probably left a five-star rating as well um and then he he actually listened to the pod and was like oh wow this is motivation for me to do better that's what i that's what i'm thinking yeah yeah um i'm all about it i mean if if hearing all the noise is gonna make you start scoring goals and playing better then sure like i'm gonna keep talking crap to you because like and, and it was an amazing goal. It really was. But, like, then he went silent for the rest of the match. But yeah. if you are going to put the ball in the net, I'd, I would let you go silent for the rest of the match. Like, so it's fine as long as you're scoring. But if you're yeah, not scoring, if, it's miserable. If Perez a- averaged a goal a game, I don't think we'd ever complain. No, no, not at all. <laughs> and, and that goal was, was brilliant. And immediately – and I would say <clears> – <throat> I would have not. I would have not have been surprised at all if Rafa said, "All right, everybody, go play alongside Dubrovka." <laughs> it's it's time to bunk. everyone just stand in the net. <laughs> yeah, and I I would not have been surprised at all, and because I, I get it, we don't have any subs. Our arguably three better players of the season are out. Um, so like I got I would get it if they did it, but but he didn't. Like we, it was an open game, Watford probably got the better chances, but we were right there. We easily could have gotten two. Um, so I, I really felt, and once it hit like the 82nd minute, it was all Watford from that point on. 
Um, I think at that point, that's when Rafa was like, okay, let's, let's bunker in and, and just try to make sure that they don't put one in the back of the net. So, I mean, I have, it was, it was just a good day. I mean, it was so nervy at towards the end and like you definitely saw it coming. It's like, man, we're not going to win this. Are we? But we just, we did it. I don't know what else to say. (laughs) I'm trying to think of more words, Elijah. Do you have anything on that before we dive into press? Because we're diving. Um, I'm glad we've won. Uh, Maybe this is the jumpstart the the team needs. Um, But the injuries are a little concerning, but the fact that some of our our fringe players that we've criticized, um, well, just really one that we've criticized in key, I think we both have been pretty uh, critical of key and pieces we've written as well as uh, just on the pod. I'm glad that he stepped up and had a good game because that was a partnership alongside Shelby that many people were excited about, mainly because Diame's brick touch is something that you can only handle for so long. Um, but, I mean, it was good to see Cher get some run time. And, I mean, I don't yeah. think it's going to result in Cher starting, but it was good to see him play. I and- mean, it might because he – I mean, so everyone's saying Key and Cher are the game changers, which I completely agree. Like, Cher was awesome. Yeah. But, yeah. but then you have LaSalle's on top of him. So it's like – and Fernandez is playing too good to bench. So yeah, let's say, that's the thing. Is like, I mean, unless you're going to do a formation change, which I just don't ever see Rafa doing that yeah. unless we're playing, like – man city again like i i just don't see him doing that so i mean it's unfortunate for share but i mean i guess it does force everyone on the back line to play better in theory um i mean i guess because yeah, one mistake yeah. and you're getting replaced and it could be yeah. for a long time yeah exactly i mean and we saw that in the championship season when clark kind of emerged out of nowhere as a center back candidate so um, yeah. you know it's it's it could happen so um, but yeah, that, that's that's kind of it. I'm just excited that some of the French players stepped up and played well. I mean, it would have been nice to see, um, you know, maybe you're not in a situation where Muto gets subbed off. I mean, and you get to see uh, if if guys like Atsu or Murphy are going to step up and make the jump, or Atsu's going to return to the form that we that he previously had. It was just it would have been nice to see that. But it's good to at least see some of the guys uh, really get a go, get to have a go. So I don't know. That, that's kind of all I got for that before we dive into. Paris. yeah no no that's that's perfect and uh yeah i'm just happy now <laughs> you just have happy greg well, you're, you're about to be a little upset yeah yeah so let's get into to Perez. so the whole and we had an argument well i guess that's not really the word but we had a disagreement about perez and our site manager okay, brian oh, okay yeah, i was gonna say it wasn't a disagreement between you and i no, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. It was That's, Brian. Not even like you and I. It wasn't even like amongst the whole site. It was like pretty much Me. Brian and then everyone else. Oh, yeah. And the rest <laughs> of the population. Yeah. Which is, I guess, more normal than I guess we. Yeah. It's happened multiple <laughs> times on it's this happened spot. happened a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he's, and he's right to a, to a point that Perez, everyone expects Perez to be like Hayden Ben Arfa or Demba Ba. And he's never going to be, which, yeah, absolutely. But that doesn't mean that he should get more chances just because he scored this goal. And I, I challenged Brian. I said, all right, name one other thing that happened that he did well besides that goal. So the goal should be commended. It was, it was a really good goal. And I don't think some – I think most of our players couldn't do that, what Perez did. And it, and it deserves to be mentioned. But 
uh, what I want to know is where, what do you do with him? Because there is a potential for goals there. We've seen it. But how do we use Perez in the best way to get the most out of our team? Not him. I'm not worried about him <laughs> because we, know, we already know my stance on it. But how do we use him in the way that we can be successful? I want to hear your thoughts on it first, Elijah. What do you, what do you think about his style of play? Um, I mean, just the, the way he plays, I, it does suit a really high dynamic sub. It kind of reminds me of um, – of of the way that Sturge was used at Liverpool for a while, where it's like this guy's coming off the bench, and that's going to be a threat that you have to deal with. It's just something that's different than what you normally see tactically. He's going to bring a bit of pace. He's going to bring. He's going to give himself some opportunities to play. Uh, to, to, sorry, gives himself some opportunities to get in goal scoring positions. He's going to be dangerous with set pieces, but you know maybe he's not the guy that they want to start every game. But that doesn't mean he's not good. He's just not a guy who's going to give you that same amount of effort for the full 90. And that's been a big knack on Serge's career. I mean, outside of, of course, the obvious injuries. But when he's come back and he's had to come off the bench, he's still been lethal. And that's what's given people a lot of faith in him still. Um, that being said, I, I just it's really hard to imagine Iose possessing the qualities to be a consistent starting number 10. And it's hard to see him possess the qualities of being a number 10 in general. Um, some of the stuff he does is so great for a second striker. Some of the runs he makes, some of the, the positions he puts himself in as a, as a poacher, it, it makes him a really good second striker. It just doesn't make him a good number 10. And I don't think anyone's, I don't think anyone's faulting him for not being a good number 10. I think it's been a, a question of his whole career. It's like, where do you play him? I mean, he was – you can play him out wide. You can play him as a striker. And either way, like, you don't seem as happy. But, um, but yeah, I mean, nonetheless, it, it, I don't think people want him to be a 10. And I don't think that he should be a 10. I think that we should have bought a 10 a while ago. But, I mean, I think his best role is as a second striker. We need a goal coming off the bench. Or even if you need just relief at the end of a game, you need to sub your striker off, he could be a guy that could possibly seal the deal for you and, you know, press and win the ball I don't know I just I just don't see him as a starting number 10 I don't think that's his role yeah and I'm trying to think like what does he do well and like he he likes to dribble even though he loses the ball a lot (laughs) um and he does like he likes short passes and dribbling would you agree with that I'm trying to think of of things that he does I I genuinely think I like I genuinely think he does a really good job if he's playing in an advanced position to put himself in positions to, like, poach goals. Like, because, yeah. I mean, we've seen a lot of goals from him that have just been, like, he's in the right place at the right time, which is not something that everyone can do. But it's it's one of those things where, like, a lot of strikers, they've built their brain around that. And, I mean, I don't, you don't really see Iose knocking the ball in the space and finishing these ridiculous. You see a lot of his goals come from pretty close range. He's good with these just ridiculous rebounds or stuff that's just floated in the air, like – that's fine. I think he does that really well. I just think that he hasn't been put in a position in order to like really make that a feature of his game. Like you can't, you can't hang around the net and stand there and do nothing and wait for the ball to come to you as a number 10. And so he just like, I, he just hasn't had that opportunity. And yeah. I, I think that like he had that ridiculous run of goals that he scored um, last season. And a lot of those were the same thing, like poachy goals, 
There, there was no – he didn't score a really great goal. His best goal of the season was a goal that people thought was the best goal of the season because of the buildup play, and that was because he put himself in a really good position. He didn't do anything else to contribute to that buildup play. He just put himself in a really good position, and he scored, which that's what he's good at. I mean, maybe not all the time in terms of finishing, but I think he gets himself into positions. Every single game he gets chances. Not that he's created himself, but he gets chances. Yeah, no, I – I see that for sure. Like, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll say my point now is we, we were just talking about Cher and, and him be, having the ability to get into the lineup, but everybody's playing so well. Like, he is a perfect example of a player that we need coming off the bench. And we have it in our back line. We have Cher and Sierra and Clark, who are both international players. I know Clark's not as good. But Cher, I mean, was deep in the World Cup with Switzerland as a starting center back. So – having that come off the bench is really good. And if we can form that depth in other positions of our squad, that's massive. And I think Perez is another person that would be nice to have off the bench because he's not going to change the game for you as a starter. He's not going to, his best time to strike is in the first 15 minutes. And then after that you're here, we're done. So, and if you think I'm wrong, that that's fine. But like, just look at what he's done this year and yeah you can add last year too i mean he had i, I can't remember how many goals he had last season and he had 10. a great 10 and he had yeah. a great run of form towards the end there but look at we, you know, the other 38 matches all 38 matches and see what he did as a whole and that's what i'm thinking of here so don't take my comparison seriously but i want him to come on like I want him to come on with 30 or yeah, with like 30 minutes to play 60th minute player. And I want him to get a role, like kind of like Sergio Ramos has that's don't laugh like a floating midfielder type of role where he can float to the wings. He can run up the middle as if he's a striker, but which is what he subtly does anyway. He doesn't play in position. Um, and he's usually stands too high in the 10 position, but we need somebody in that 10 position at all times. And Perez doesn't do it. So I would love to see if say Richie's tired, like sub him out for Perez and then Perez can just kind of float on that side of the field and in the middle. And then what he does best is like what we said is making those short runs, late runs into the box. Once the strikers already arrived, he likes coming in after that to take like a bad pass or a deflection that he can get on and put in the back of the net. That's his specialty. So why not yeah. put him in for those final 30 minutes in a very floating role that's not defined, and he can kind of go wherever the play is, wherever he sees fit. Because obviously there is some sort of instinct there, right? Does that make yeah. sense, what I'm saying? Yeah, and, and to kind of piggyback off one of your points, you mentioned that it would be good to have that kind of that that depth at different positions and have players constantly – um, fighting for spots. And that is something that, you know, we've talked about in the past. And it's also something that it's been a very, that's been a, a big part of Rafa's identity as a manager said, he likes to bring in quality players at each position instead of bringing in like, you know, a huge mega signing. That's all that's never going to have to fight for a spot. He'd much rather have a bunch of really good guys fighting for their spot every week during training and then be able to start whoever's doing the best in training rather than, having to rely on just one or two or three guys to carry his team. And so I think that's what he's tried to build in Newcastle. Luckily, he's done it at one position. 
you could argue he's done it at keeper. I think the last season was kind of indicative of that once Dubrovka came in and there was the whole there was a whole period where Dubrovka was starting some games, Darlow was starting Elliot and there was like a whole there was a whole battle for who's gonna be the number one keeper at Newcastle and we saw that and Dubrovka kinda of cemented himself. But in other positions it just hasn't come to fruition. I think we were going to, I think with the wings that was going to happen. Um, I think Nuto can challenge Perez, but, but like you said, it, it needs to be kind of a, a feature of a Rafa Benitez team is to have guys fighting for every position. And right now, I mean, Perez has been in this, this situation where like he hasn't had to fight for anything because there has, just hasn't been anyone who's been good enough to challenge him. Anyone who's at a true number 10 role that can actually challenge him. And I hope, I mean, we all hope that changes in the future. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> um, yeah, I just yeah. hope that this doesn't just turn into him starting again because I, I think we're going backwards then. We're, we're just reverting back to the way we were before, which is not going to cut it. So I hope this is kind of – I hope this isn't looked at as, like, oh, Perez, he's back to his form, let's start him. I hope this is like, oh, maybe this is how he should be. Like he was 45 minutes fresher than everybody else on the pitch and got that goal within before 30 minutes before he was in on the pitch for 30 minutes. So it was like 15, 20 minutes when he scored the goal, which is typically like when he's at his best is that first quarter of the match. So I don't know. I, I, I think that's, this is an opportunity for us to realistically look at what he can do and how we can use him to make our, our side better rather than him starting us trashing him all day, every day. Yeah. I would love to go with a new brand, but I might now, say we, we might have to switch up the brand if we, uh, <laughs> yeah, if that ends up working out and that becomes a thing, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to find a new slant as Brian Colangelo would say, or as Brian Colangelo's burner accounts would say. Yeah. You really have, if you don't understand that, don't worry about it. No, no, I understand it. I think that a lot I'm of just saying that to the listeners. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. You, I'm sorry Brits, if you don't understand. Don't you it's not even look work up like Colangelo callers. Just look yeah. up callers and Colangelo yeah. and you'll, you'll, you'll figure out something. Yeah, for sure. Um, that guy has some large callers. Yeah. It makes no sense. All right. Wait, we've actually mentioned the Colangelo callers before and compared them to Mike Ashley. Mike Ashley's callers. Yeah. They love yeah, a big awesome. collar. Yeah, they've got there's something about guys who are bad at social media PR and callers. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Oh, I like that. That's I'm glad you referenced the social media too because oh, yeah. that's a true fact. Hot take. Yeah, I love it. All right, so let's get into Rafa's quotes. Um, obviously, he had good things to say this time. Like I said, we're changing everything up. No more somber podcasts right now. Um, so he said, "This is his post game." quotes from Rafa Benitez he said we needed the first win to have more confidence and hopefully we can play with the same intensity as we did today and score a couple more goals we had three problems three substitutions the reaction of the players was quite good against a very good team it's a great three points it was a difficult game as they have confidence we could have conceded but we could have scored that second goal as well it was a good game for the fans to watch I'm really pleased with the performance we needed energy and commitment from everyone the fans have been fantastic all season, and today was another example. The players have tried their best, but have made mistakes, starting with me. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it, it just goes back to another discussion we've had with, uh, and within our chats about what do you say as a manager, what do you say as a player in terms of fan protest, fan support. 
I don't think anyone's surprised at these Rafa comments. Like he's been saying, Hey fans, don't focus on the other things. Focus on coming to the game, showing up, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. And that's what we got. I mean, good for him. Good for the fans. I hope this doesn't slow down any momentum people had. I don't think it will. The comments in the past haven't in terms of uh, protests and things coming up. Yeah. And please do whatever you feel like is right with the protest and don't let anybody, and we've said this, I'm beating it a dead horse with this, but like, don't let anybody tell you you're not a fan because of whatever decision you make. Cause it's just absolutely ludicrous and asinine to, to be able to call somebody that, um, <laughs> just dumb. So I know Rafa has said like, you have to treat this club and these players as a family and you do whatever it takes to support your family. And that's how he wants the fans to act is like, no matter what, no matter what they're going through, you're there and you have their back for 90 minutes. So Rafa has, has, I would say very vocally said that he's against a boycott because he believes that them showing full support for 90 minutes is the best way to get through this. I know some fans disagree and they're completely entitled to that. But, and that's what he's saying here is he said, uh, well, let me get back to that quote. So the fans have been fantastic all season, and today was another example. The players have tried their best but have made mistakes, starting with me. It's kind of him saying, like, you know, you've been great all year. We've messed up, but here we are. We're all here again today, and look what happened. Like, it's all worked. Like, we don't – like, a drastic boycott, in his opinion, is not going to change anything, um, which and, – and Rafa could be wrong at that. But it's being able to have that opinion, see what Rafa's saying, hear him out, Hear somebody from a different side of the table, what their thoughts are, and then make up your mind from there. But regardless, it's three points. Yeah, I mean, and on the Rafa thing, I, I, it's one of those where Rafa is either doing his job or we can spin the, spin this around, take it, put it in the uh, the washing machine for a quick spin cycle, and maybe Rafa knows something we don't. Just saying. Maybe he's yeah. like, hey, don't worry. I've heard about what's going on in January. Big budget. Or clubs getting sold, so don't don't boycott too too hard just yet. Yeah, and it could could be we don't know. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I tend to think, and I could be very wrong, is that if you're there, like Ashley's been to however many matches in a row now, like he he now sees firsthand every week what's wrong. And there's even a report that a fan like had to be pulled away from security because he got into the owner's box and confronted Ashley, like he sees that like when he's sitting wherever he was sitting, not what, not coming to matches last year and the year before, that's not an experience that he was ever going to have, but now it's more prevalent to him. It's in his mind. He's going to, he's going to remember that specific incident. And I I don't condone it, but that's going to be in his mind, right? Like he has to think like, man, if I don't do a change, it's going to get ugly. It's going to get really ugly. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a part of it. I just, I also think that you're right. Seeing, seeing the team play in person and seeing stuff like that. I think that worries him seeing the, where we are on the table that worries him. But I mean, I also still am in the camp that like, he's just tired of running the club. He's got so many other business ventures that people are criticizing him for. I think this is the one you don't want to piss off the most, like in terms of like backlash. And I think he's realized that I also want to point out something else. Re my spin cycle spin zone, whatever you want to call it, about Rafa. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of our writers, Graham, has wisely said when it comes to to the rumors of of the club being sold that, you know, nothing's happening if if information is, like, getting released about it. So he's, like, he's basically saying that 
if we don't hear anything about anything that it's possible something is going in the works yeah so something's going on in the works it also could mean that nothing's going on but you know yeah unless your source is actually mike ashley then then if nothing's being said then that's the best chance something will happen <laughs> yeah. like, um, a couple other quotes that he said about the injuries he said that there are a couple of muscle problems with John Joe and Muto. We'll see what is going on. Jamal had, and he's talking about LaSalle's obviously Jamal had a little problem with his shoulder in the training session the other day, but we will have to wait a little bit to see how they are for Muto. It was a calf, but it's still too early to know what he has. Um, and then he mentioned also, I, I think this is worth mentioning on the three substitutes that he introduced. He said, as I said before, the three of them made a contribution because they were working hard, but also on the ball, they were quite good. Iose was great to hold the ball and run, looking for the second ball. Key was good on the ball, and Cher also. We know he has quality on the ball. The three of them gave us something in a difficult game. We needed maybe these kind of things. <laughs> I love the way he talks. We needed maybe these kind of things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we definitely did. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I'm glad that he. I'm glad that Rafa realized his share is good on the ball. I'm, yeah. <laughs> it was something that I was genuinely concerned that he didn't realize share was like, oh, this guy, you know, played for one of the better teams in the World Cup and had a very pivotal role. Oh, he's still playing for this team and starting. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like this guy is good. Yeah, he is good. <laughs> um, yeah, and and share should definitely get a ton of accolades and. Um, we'll get into stats and then we'll talk about best player. And there may be a few players we mentioned in this, but uh, yeah, oh, you, you have some, no, I was just saying, I'm just, I, I agree. There's probably a few players we could mention. Yeah. Um, so some stats, we love stats. Uh, here we are. So we won. Well, that, I think, <laughs> I think one stat we have, we, we've got, we've gained three points. <laughs> yes. And that ends our 10-game run without a victory. Uh, so that is beautiful. So winning this game actually meant that it is not the worst start in club history as far as winless streaks go. It was the worst start as far as points, but uh, Newcastle had never gone 11 straight matches without a win, ever. So we tied the record. We didn't beat it. Um, so that was wonderful. And that would also have been – Watford's sixth straight league and cup win over Newcastle, which ended that streak also, which is great. Um, Perez obviously scored, and that's his 36th goal for Newcastle. Um, set 22nd goal in the Premier League, which took him level with Laurent Robert and Kieran Dyer, uh, which is crazy to think about. Um, and it was back-to-back clean sheets for the first time since March of last year which we beat Southampton 3-0 and Huddersfield 1-0. So pretty cool stuff there. And now we'll go to 538 about their Premier League projections. And I have to say, it's looking great. Uh, So we actually moved – like our chances definitely lowered. But we were at a 32% chance of getting relegated last week. Now we're at 28. Um, The the clubs behind us is – it's Burnley at a 47% chance – and then Cardiff at 50%, Fulham at 53 and Huddersfield at 57%. Um, and they're saying right now that that's where we're going to fall. We're going to fall in 16th place um, is their project, projection for the season, um, which I would if, – if, I think if they said, okay, like sign on the dotted line right now, you'll finish 16th place, would you take it? 
No, oh, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think mean, so that, too. that means that we're getting sold. As long as we're not relegated, we have a still a chance. Yeah, yeah, sold. absolutely. <laughs> so they have us at thirty-seven points at the end of the season in sixteenth place. But listen, this is the crazy part, which I can't remember the Premier League being this bad at the bottom of the table as far as point totals go. So this, they're projecting Huddersfield will finish bottom at thirty points, Fulham at thirty-one, Cardiff at thirty-two, and Burnley at thirty-three. And then they're saying we're a spot above Burnley at 37, so a four-point lead on Burnley. So they're saying we're going to be five points clear of relegation (laughs) at only 37 points, which is absurd to think about. Here's the metric that I'm wondering is I wonder if 538 takes into consideration spending patterns in January. Yeah, it does. So every week they update their SPI, which is their soccer. Well, I mean, like currently. Like if they're thinking like if part of the uh, prediction is that we expect no. Newcastle to spend twenty million. Yeah, they definitely don't. They they just or take they it. expect Fulham to like not have any money because they spent it all already. No, they yeah, they definitely just take it based off of the squad right now. Okay. All right. Um, Interesting. And we have so I'm just I'm sorting it by SPI right now. So um so they say we have the fifteenth best squad in the Premier League. The, Which is very hard to believe, but okay. yeah, according to their projections, um, they're saying Brighton is worse than Huddersfield, Cardiff, Fulham, and Burnley. Okay, well then, if you say, when you say it like that, it actually doesn't sound yeah. it doesn't sound too far fetched. Yeah, and uh, they're saying for the season, their projections are around around eight or nine wins, ten draws, and eighteen to nineteen losses. For um, us, yeah, for the season, that's uh, that's what they're thinking about right now. So okay. that, would, that would put us right right at or around 37. So, yeah. Thoughts? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, my thought is that I think that that's accurate. Hearing those numbers makes some sort of sense, though, like the, the full points breakdown. Like, I believe that we could get eight or nine wins. I mean, I, I could believe in the 10. Like, I none of that stuff sounds unbelievable to me. So, yeah, you know. This whole yeah. analytics thing, you might have to start buying into it. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's it, worked it, out for some teams in other sports. So. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, it does – I mean, games aren't played on paper. We keep saying that too, but it's just okay. something to, to look at because, you know, I, the numbers do make sense. You're right. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Here, here, Greg, this is a, seg, a segue, as they call it in theater. Well, they call it a segue, but it's spelled weird. So okay. it's spelled like segue. But, okay, so this is something I was reading about um, just a, a couple weeks back, or a couple months back, really, in the summer. Um, so, football manager has been, like, really accurate in player, in player predictions in terms of, like, predicting really good young talent. And there's actually a, a very large collection of teams that have hired football manager as basically another scout to find players. Do you think Newcastle is or has done that or could do that in the future? Because this is really purely based on like analytics and sending out like hundreds and hundreds of scouts that football managers hired in order to like project talent. And it's not really, I wouldn't say it's analytics, but I think it's just like a different way of looking at talent that people aren't thinking about. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's just something weird that yeah. I've come across. And I'm like, okay. And I think one of the teams actually that if I remember correctly from the article, it's Wolves and that kind of, has played a little bit of a part into kind of their spending habits in terms of buying Portuguese players. Um, also, 
the fact that, you know, all these Portuguese players, same teams that have the same agent. But, but yeah, there are some teams that have hired a football manager as like a consultant, I guess. Yeah. I, uh, I do have, I have an opinion on this. I do not know if it's factual. So okay. I'll, I'll preface with that, but I, I don't think Newcastle is using analytics um, because if you look at our squad, it is obvious they're not. Okay. Um, that's, and, and that, that that's fair. If you look at our youth team, it's obvious they are. Yeah, yeah. You, you look at our entire organization head to toe, the entire club, and, and it comes from the owner, right? The owner has to pay the analytics company to do analytics on their organization. It's vice versa. Like nobody's yeah. going to do it for free. So, but yeah, you look at our U18s are getting smashed every single week. Um, obviously our U23s are, have, there's a bright, there's bright spots there, but they've been in place for a while. And then you look like analytics is not going to say play IOZ at the 10. Yeah, no, that's true. (laughs) That's true. And and to be fair, football manager, what the claim is, is it's purely talent and it's really just about finding, uh, decent players for decent price, especially young players. No, no. And I, I think, and the second part of your question is yes, I, I'm all about analytics and the age of analytics because I think it does warrant something. And especially for clubs, I think it's most beneficial for clubs that do not have the financial power to spend against the big dogs. Yeah. I think we are one of those, those teams. And you look, I mean, the most famous analytic sports analytics movie ever Moneyball, Billy bean is still the general manager for the athletics and they still spend way under in major league baseball and they, they still are a really good baseball team. They made the playoffs again this year. And, and they do it by building up their youth system, their minors. And yeah. I think that is I – mean, and it's evident. I mean, it's so big. I mean, the Eagles won the Super Bowl last year, and they are fully, purely, 100% bought in into the analytics side. Yeah, Cubs and, as well. Don't yeah, forget about the Cubs. Cubs. I mean, it's all over American sports. I don't – I can't say. I'd love to find out if, if – I know you mentioned Wolves, which I, I didn't know. So yeah. I'd love to hear more about that. We can talk about that offline, but I'd love to see more examples of European sports doing that because I think it would really benefit Newcastle because it's little things that scouts don't see as much. It's like, oh, when like analytics can tell you that when Iosi Perez gets a ball on this part of the pitch, there's a 0.6% chance that we're going to get a goal. But when he receives the ball at this part, it's a 6.8% chance, which is way better. So an analyst could tell you that so you can kind of drive your offense through the numbers and just see if it works. But those numbers are accurate because they're pulling these stats from how the team has performed in different situations. So those numbers are legit numbers. Like if you receive the ball in this area of the field – there's a, now a 6% chance that we're going to get a goal based on your yeah. skill set and how the team lined up. All right, so let's go into best player, and I'll start with mine. Um, I'm going to say it, it's Kennedy. I think he had he had the best match of any Newcastle player this season. I'm certain of it. He had he was His most iconic moment was for me was defensive, which you would not expect from him, but – Literally, Watford had the had the ball getting crossed in the box, and it was just – I can't even remember the player's name on Watford who it was. It was probably Perea or somebody. But they had the ball right in front of the net, just had to beat Dubrovka, and Kennedy comes in directly behind him. And I, I thought for sure it was probably going to be a penalty, but he's able to get a foot in between his legs and knocks it out for a corner. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's one of the best tackles I've seen. Coming directly from a, behind a player, it doesn't even take down the player, and gets the ball out of play. 
It's like, what? who is this? Who is this guy? And this is after he's already been dominating for the entire match. And I will say this. If you want to try anybody at the number 10, Kennedy, and we've said this on the pod before, Kennedy's the guy. I mean, he's he's really good when he's on on this money. He's had some bad games. But, man, he is he was dominant. And I know who's scored gave him over an eight rating, which is really good. Uh, five shots on goal. He was a force defensively, saved the game probably with that tackle. So for me, it's definitely him. Uh, Elijah, who do you have? Um, it's, it's tough. Uh, I'd love to go share. Um, I'd love to go key, but I'm all, I'm all about toughness. And I think Matt Ritchie deserves a shout out for, of course, playing oh, yeah. through what seemed to be like an injury. So I want to give him that just for the mere playing through the game. But I do want to give a lot of credit to Key and Cher, which I think we have done so far. Yeah. Uh, especially Key just really came on and changed the game. Uh, really stepped in well for Shelby. Um, and it was evident, and he, he was rewarded with an assist. I mean, Cher wasn't really rewarded with anything um, except for a pat on the back. But That's I, I do think center that back, right? <laughs> yeah, life well, the center reward back. The actually – is the shutout. It's clean. Oh sheet. yeah. Clean sheet, clean yeah. sheet. Yeah. He, maybe he's got a clean sheet and bonus in his contract. Um, oh, but yeah, but yeah, yeah. Fair play to the both of them. <laughs> yeah. I would not count on it. Not with Mike Ashley. Yeah. No, <laughs> no way. Um, yeah. They, they both had good games. I uh, do want to give a little shout out to Richie as well though. All right. Yeah. I, I, and that's good. I, I like that you did that because I'm sure there's every time we do these, there's a few players that we don't mention enough that deserve more and that is, you hit it on the head with that one that he deserved more credit than we've been giving him. Um, all right. I want you to leave with this for brand purposes. Who is your worst player? Well, I mean, <laughs> we know yours and, and it, it looks like mine is going to, mine actually was the worst player. Uh, Diame was just so bad. Oh my gosh. No, that's mine too. I just oh, I knew okay. you were going to say that and it, it's deserved. He was easily the worst player in my opinion. Yeah. He's so bad. I don't get it, dude. I do, but we do. We it would not be a CHN radio pod without mentioning that Iose Paris was not very good. Yeah, he was just the hero of the match, which is yeah, like he was. It was it was <laughs> good that he scored, but it, like sans that, he was pretty bad. Like, what was his who scored rating? Who Perez? Yeah, Perez was six point eight, which is wild because he scored. Like, yeah. If you score, you usually get at least a seven in like any rating system ever. Mm-hmm. But that, that's like that. telling. <laughs> yeah, that's had, like really bad. He had one shot, and that was <laughs> that was the goal. Yeah. Um, he had no key passes for the entire match. Won zero aerial duels, which you don't expect him to. He had twenty-eight touches, which is a lot more than he usually has. Uh, but. In less time, too. So, yeah, yeah. And hey, he did, efficiency is getting there, I guess. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. But, yeah, and, and we, we touched on it, so we're not going to get too hard on IOZ because he is a hero. But, you know, as a number 10, you want to be – you want somebody to be in that position doing more um, than what IOZ is going to offer and what yeah. his skill set is. But, yeah, th- let's focus on Diame. He was, he was the worst. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I, wait. I do have something to say about IOZ. It's kind of important, though. Okay. Um, if you are interested in seeing someone defend Iose Perez, which you, if you're listening to this podcast, I don't know if you really want to hear that, but if you do, uh, our site manager, Brian, did write up a piece on it. It's actually pretty – it's pretty good. Um, and he raises some decent points. So um, give, definitely give that a listen over on the, the site. 
coming home Newcastle um, at uh, just coming home Newcastle United. I think that's just type that in and you'll 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 find the site or just yeah. go to our Twitter. Yeah, it, well, it's cominghomenewcastle.com. You can just type that in and and it, yeah, and it's a well thought out ar- argument. It's it's always good to hear different sides from what I think and what Elijah thinks because you need to form your own opinion too. Um, even though we're always right. Um, yeah, I mean, like, you can have your own opinion. Yeah. Have, it's exactly. just the wrong one. We're just always right. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing how that works. Okay, but yes, Diame, just very <laughs> bad. Uh, like, I just, I don't get it. Like, th- does he not, does he not know that he's playing, like, soccer? You know what's funny is he used to be the 10. Yeah, that, yeah, that is also just something that people, that, it, it goes underrated, is that, like, before Newcastle, he was like the best, one of the best tens in the championship, and then he played as a ten for us. And then, like for some reason, like he switched down to the holding midfielder spot and had a good game, rightfully so. Super athletic guy, his, his play style really suited well in the championship. But and no one was complaining about that, and no one really seemed to care. But like to imagine if that guy was number ten, it's just like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, and we're and we're gonna in December we're gonna have like a, a transfer window preview podcast. And we'll talk about this definitely in detail. Um, but one of the positions I'd like to take a look at, and I don't think it's our main priorities, but it's a true number six to Shelby compared to Shelby because Shelby needs that ability to go forward. Trevor and I were another thing Trevor and I were actually talking about during the match um, is that Shelby needs the ability to create and move forward. And Diame doesn't give him that opportunity because he's so bad on the ball that Shelby has to be more defensive. I still love Shelby in the position that he plays, but having a true defensive midfielder, the true number six is, would be, would free up Shelby so much more um, because you can tell he's kind of just holding back just in case um, a vital mistake happens. But yeah. Do you have anything else on this match, Elijah? Um, honestly, no. Uh, hey, we won. So yeah, we won. For us. We won. First one of many. And uh, we can now no longer be blamed for Newcastle never winning because of this podcast. So yeah. I'm super happy. So let's look at the table because we have good news. We are recording this on Sunday night, so things might change by the time you listen to this. But Because uh, Huddersfield and Fulham haven't played yet. But we are right now in 17th out of relegation zone, which is Uh-oh. beautiful. Yep, six points. Um, we have a minus seven goal difference, which is better than Burnley, Southampton, Cardiff, Fulham, and Huddersfield. Um, and it's – oh, and Crystal Palace. So <laughs> we, you'd have to look all the way up to 13th to have – it's West Ham who has a better goal difference than us. So we are definitely winning tiebreakers. And it's – Crystal Palace is eight. We're minus eight. We're minus seven, and the rest are in double digits. So we have a a good lead on tiebreakers right now. <clears throat> Going to the top of the table, uh, Man City, twenty nine points. Uh, Chelsea with twenty seven. Liverpool twenty seven. Tottenham at twenty four, and Arsenal at twenty three in fifth place. Our next match is against Burnmouth, also one of my relegation picks, who is in sixth place. <laughs> so yeah, that- don't listen to my predictions. Um, I also predicted Watford would win two nil. So don't literally don't listen to my predictions. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, actually, no, that was me who predicted. Yeah, you were right. Oh, on so, the, yeah. yeah. Don't listen to what I say. I'm still going to keep predicting because that's what you get, but don't listen. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, no, Bournemouth, I'll say this about Bournemouth. That, that game is easier than we think. 
I okay. I disagree. I was just saying that to drum up some some drama. So. Yeah, I was watching them against Man United. I, we had a good game against Man United, but they they look good. Yeah, <laughs> they lost, which is nice, but they look really good. I, well, well, it's not what, nice for us because they'll be hungry. Yeah, I guess. I mean, Watford was on a very good winning streak before this match too. So maybe. Oh, it's, you know who we are. We're the we're the we're like Randy Orton. We just kill off all the superstars. That's yeah. what we got to do. I'm in. <laughs> so Burnmouth is sitting at six. They have 20 points, six wins, two draws, three losses, and a goal differential of plus six. So we'll get into the preview. You'll get that podcast later this week. Um, let's dive into questions. And then, Elijah, you have to finish up this Atlanta United playoff match. So um, oh, yeah. we, have two, we have two questions. One's from at one loss muffin. Um, he said, was this or she – I don't want to. It. They said, the muffin said. <laughs> the muffin. The one loss muffin said, uh, "Was this win because we were better or they were worse?" And then he had a part two. He said, "And can we build a winning streak, however small it may be?" What's your thoughts? Oh, that's a tough one because it was evident that Watford missed a lot of good chances. Yeah, like a lot of good chances. But I don't think that they were. I don't think we were worse per se. I don't think that there was a like there was a couple moments where. I think each team had their string of chances. So I would lean towards that we were just a better team and the better game plan, I guess. And I don't I don't know how that match ends if we have if we don't have the injuries to literally our three most important players <laughs> yeah. during that game. So like in in that if you're looking at the first half, you're looking at who are our three most important players, I think you'd say LaSalle, Shelby, Muto. So I do think you have to take that into consideration. Will this start a win streak? I've very much been in the boat that like Newcastle just needs one win to get a string of wins going. We've seen it before, and when there was issues in the championship under Rafa, we've seen it before last season under Rafa. So I do think that confidence is something that like this team thrives off of. So I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a win streak. Yeah, I I'm kind of bummed now because if if there is a win streak. We have the international break immediately following the Burmish match. And I'm like, no, like not now. Um, so if we do win next week, I'm going to be very upset because now we have a two week break and everything's going to reset. But yeah. All right. So um, my, my thought on this question is I, I do think we were not the better team. And, and I think Watford is pretty upset that they, cause they are definitely feeling like they lost three points cause they did. Um, but I think they would at least uh, expected a draw from their performance. However, Newcastle has played this way before against multiple teams. We've done this kind of same game plan against almost every time. Just sans the times that we've actually bunkered in the entire match, we played like this. So it's, it's nice to see that we're playing a top half side and getting a win at home playing the same way that we've done and we so it sounds like we're starting to find out who we are a little bit which we might not we and we know we're not the better team but like as we've mentioned like Rafa can tactically align ourselves to seem like we're as good or better than who we're playing and I think that is an example of how we played this weekend does that make sense no that makes perfect sense okay yeah and uh do I think we can build a winning streak uh (laughs) No, <laughs> but all positively, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna win eight in a row. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's gonna we're gonna we're gonna be regarded as one of the best teams in 
in Premier League history because we're going to win every single game after yeah, this. We're going to win the league. Yeah. I said and then that. Mike Ashley will have to sell. Yeah. Because he yeah. won't be able to and afford he'll be rich. He'll be so rich. All the championship, <laughs> the whole Champions League <laughs> matches, yeah. he, he won't be able to afford that. And then he'll have to, he'll also have to afford that holiday that he's giving the players. Yeah. And People we forget. We ha- we'll have to have a discussion, Pop. Do, if we win the league, would Mike actually be mad? <laughs> I, it's very hard because I think that, that will be a whole. No, okay, separate okay, okay. yeah, okay. But here's just quick take on that. Mike Ashley wanted to win trophies, right? He's got his trophy. He'd be able to make a ton, a ton of money selling the club right then and there. I don't think he'd be mad. That's just what I'm thinking right now because I know he wants trophies, but he doesn't care enough to like want to build a dynasty. So I don't know. This this would be probably the ideal situation for him. It's like. All right, I invest a little bit in January. We win the league. I could sell the club for near a billion dollars. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> Mike, Mike does actually. Yeah. Mike Ashley's the he, only person. He probably does. Yeah, and whoever he's secretly talking to right now. Yeah. All right, and uh, the last question is from the official questionnaire of, of coming home. Newcastle's number one podcast, CHN Radio. Um, I even want to make that uh, the title even longer than that. I think it should <laughs> get longer every week. Um, so this is what Trevor said. He said, which should be the next? Oh, you're going to love this one, Elijah. This, I feel like he specifically wrote this for you. Have you seen it yet? No. Oh, I man. Get ready for this. This is your cup of tea. He said, which should be the next FIFA 19 update after this historic win? I mean, that question alone screams yeah. Elijah Newsom. So does. he's given you three options. So what should be the next FIFA 19 update after this win? Number one, the Perez forgot to clean his ears celebration. That's a good one. Two, Mike <laughs> Ashley falling asleep in the stands. <laughs> Three, in, in-game tactics to intentionally injure your best players to throw your opponent off. <laughs> That's actually – those are all good. Okay, yeah. so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eliminate the last one because with because that's, that's really tough online and like ultimate team and stuff where like everyone's got like like three Ronaldos and just ridiculous stuff like that where it's like all right you injured their three best players but they still have got like a ton of guys who are just ridiculously good so I'll eliminate that one the most realistic one is going to be the Perez ears celebration because like they add celebrations in all the time if he does it like twice like if he does it two more times it's probably going to get in the game oh yeah like oh, no yeah. doubt, because like they like Jesse Lingard did like one new celebration like two games in a row, and they added it to the game. They're like, <laughs> this is now his official celebration. <laughs> but but I do think like my favorite would be if they just like you were playing Newcastle and they were talking about Mike Ashley, and they just like randomly cut to him sleeping at the stands. It'd just <laughs> yeah. be so funny. That would be great. <laughs> I would love that update of him sleeping in the stands. Like that. Like maybe they put the fans breaking out saying, singing Mike Ashley, get out of our club. And then they just like I, to him, and he's like rubbing his face, like sleeping. <laughs> That'd be great. I, and and part of that is like I think if you're FIFA, because there's been a lot of fans who have just made their own kind of custom banners and stuff, Ashley out stuff. Like if you're FIFA and you really want to capture the tradition of a club and really be as accurate as possible, why not add this stuff? Like it doesn't hurt you per se. Like I mean, maybe Mike Ashley gets mad, maybe you get a talk to you from the Premier League, but you're you're your relationship with the Premier League is not going to end. Um, too much money. 
it's yeah i mean yeah there's too much money involved and it'll just be really funny and it'll just be really cool to see something like that like if they even mention like because they've they've pushed it so uh, there's some people who definitely aren't familiar with it but like i was i thought it was a joke but i've tried four different times to start a career mode and usually the find the goals they have now they have goals in career mode now and the goals are usually they usually change but the one that doesn't change for newcastle is financial and it's like a critical goal and you have to like make a profit and it's like <laughs> this is such a dig at newcastle yeah and then when you play as newcastle or against newcastle they do mention that the fans are like like it, it's every so often they'll mention the fans are upset with the ownership they think that there could be a little bit more investment done blah 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 but I don't know. It's it's interesting. It's yeah. very interesting that they haven't taken such a like a harder stance on it. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Funny. Awesome. Well, do you have any last thoughts? Um, I'm ready to see another win this weekend. Yes, me too. Actually, will I see it? I'm going to be in Syracuse this weekend, so I'm going to oh be gosh. in Las Vegas this. Weekend. Oh, oh, little personal note for you guys. Okay. Oh, oh. Okay. I'm moving to Las Vegas. He is. So any Las Vegas mags out there want to connect, I will be moving there literally a month from Tuesday. So it's happening quick. So I'm, I'm, I'm sad to leave Georgia, as always, but I am definitely happy to be living in Vegas. It's going to be wild. Yeah. Um, it's like Newcastle in the desert. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's wild. What's, I think what's even wilder is that Greg and I have lived in Atlanta for the entirety of, <laughs> of us working for Coming Home Newcastle and have not met up once. So nope. it has to happen within the next month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It Greg, will. Greg, or the Toon Army America meetup, you have to attend that. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, I'll yeah, be so, there. So we'll, we will at latest have met each other by March. Yeah, that's and true. Maybe if we do meet each other, maybe we have an emergency podcast. No, no, uh, Greg, this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that we have a live podcast and we Facebook live it. Oh, yeah, well, I'm in. Okay, well, that's all I needed. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, that was it. That's my verbal consent. Yeah. All exactly. right, well, that concludes the first three-point episode in CHN Radio History. We have sure. 18 episodes. We have six points. So we're gonna. That's gonna one day out, out gain the other. Follow us on social media. You know where to find us. Just literally, just search "Coming Home Newcastle" or CHN, and you're gonna find us. Um, if you want to contribute to our website, we would love your help. CHN Radio NUFC at gmail.com. And also, we're, uh, we'll, we'll probably release this out for the next podcast. But we are gonna have a sponsor. Uh oh. Yep. So coming in, come in next podcast, you will hear more about that. We'll tell you all the great things that they have to offer. Um, but give us feedback. Tweet the hashtag CHN Radio and CHN Radio 2 Antarctica. Shoot us an email. <laughs> um, and then subscribe and rate us five stars everywhere in the world. And, and if you find us on any website, just subscribe and rate us five stars. If, and then leave a if you see us in person, just come up to us and give us five stars. Yeah, just say five stars to our face. Also, um, if anybody – all right, here's the challenge. I'm going to give a challenge to listeners because okay. only the true listeners are still with us at this moment in the podcast. Yeah, true. Um, if you go to any podcast site, you have to rate us five stars and comment, I listen to this in Antarctica and love the podcast. 
we're bringing you on the podcast. It's true. It's happening. Yeah. Is that good? We just kind of made that up just now. Yeah, we just made it up. You're coming um, on. But it's official. Yeah, you're coming on the podcast. Um, so you have to go on and whatever, wherever you listen, just give us a five-star review and then comment. I listened to this in Antarctica and I love the podcast and then somehow show us proof that you did that. Obviously we'll see the comment, but like send up, send it to us via Twitter at CHN underscore radio. And then we're going to put, you're coming on the podcast to do a podcast with us. So let's see who does it. Um, and if you really listened in Antarctica, like we need pictures too, because that's like, awesome <laughs> yeah because then our goals have really really come true so let's see who does that hopefully there's more than five people that are still listening to this yeah awesome well that was great and yeah. let's do it again sometime maybe maybe all right are you talking well, about winning or the podcast both okay well I'll, I'll get behind that all right well for more three points and away the lads i'm your host greg troxel this is the best co-host in the land elijah newsom and once again away the lads
train at Paul Dunal at the end, me had the grooms quite moody. Coffee Johnny had a white hat on, they yelled, we stole the cuddy. There were spice dolls and monkey shows, and they had wife selling ciders. And a chap with a hobney room, the butchers, and no more lads for riders. 